Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Buker and Friends podcast, co-starring 10-year NBA center Ryan Hollins. Shot blocked by Ryan Hollins. Hollins sent that into the third row. Six rebounds and eight assists. Oh! Hollins climbs the stairs. Down the floor. Ryan Hollins, he is the high jumper. That's what I want to see. Give me some gunpowder and throw the hammer down. And now, here is your host. Let's send it over to Rick Buecher. Rick Buecher. Welcome to another episode of Buecher and Holland, subsidiary of Buecher and Friends, part of the United Wecast Network. I'm Rick Buecher. You can see me on FS1. You can read me on Bleacher Report. You can hear me on Radio.com. You can follow me on Twitter, at Rick Buecher, and on Instagram, at Rick underscore Buecher. He is NBA vet. Ryan Hollins. You can see and hear him on a variety of ESPN platforms, and you can follow him on Twitter at the Ryan Hollins and on Instagram at simply Ryan Hollins. All right, uh, Ryan. So we are uh, well. We're coming into the start of the season for many people, which is Christmas, and. I wanted to get your take on a couple of things, but I wanted to start with the uh, – actually, you know what I want to start with? I want to start with how big of a deal is Christmas in the Hollands family? Because you got some youngins. We've, we've kind of jumped – my kids are teenagers now, so it doesn't have the same quite of the, – the, we're, not, we're not doing the whole Santa Claus thing. We're past that. I'm just wondering uh, – do you guys celebrate it? How do you celebrate it? How hard do you celebrate it? Well, I, I hate to. Uh, Are you bursting the bubble? Trump, your answer. I don't. I don't celebrate it at all. Yeah, I don't celebrate Christmas at all. Do you celebrate Kwanzaa? Nope. Do you nope. celebrate any? Do you celebrate anything in this holiday season? No, another day of the year. Wow. So, what do you do on Christmas? Uh. Well, now I kind of work because everybody takes time off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's your, that's the opportunity. Yeah, yeah. I hear that. Uh, so, what's the biggest holiday in the Hollands in the Hollands uh, household? Passover. They definitely uh, commemorate Christ's death memorial. Got you. Got with you. The, not nothing to do with Easter. We don't do don't do Easter. Okay. So it's just the religious aspect of it as opposed to the, the bunny and the eggs. Yeah, yeah. No, nothing pagan, man. Nothing gotcha. pagan. Got you. Got you. 
Okay. The uh, told you coming in that I wanted to take a look at the playoff picture because I find it very interesting. Some of the teams, uh, I think the the top of the East and the West is kind of set, and I don't know how much we're, we might see a little jockeying for position, but I don't think that there's any teams up top that are going to fall out. But around the seventh and eighth spots in both conferences, I think is a is a fluid situation, as they like to say. So I'll pose it to you. Uh, let's start with the East. Who is the team that you think is in a playoff spot right now that is going to fall out? And who is the team that you think will replace them? Let's just go with the team that you think is vulnerable and is riding high now, but come April will not be in the playoff picture. I'm going to have to lean on Charlotte. They're still very young. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've shown some promise. Uh, their, their young kid is going off, man. He's made some money for himself. He's a second-round pick or first-round pick. What's the, the kid's name from Kansas? Uh, Devontae Graham. Devontae Graham. He's playing really well. Um, still young, though. And uh, that's why – well, they're actually in a nice seat. Yeah, I was just going to say, somebody, you're not following, you're not following the rules here. If somebody sneaks in there, well, I try to kick out the wrong team. I, I still like Detroit because their size. You like uh, them getting in. Yeah. Okay. But you know who who knows even like like this Kyrie deal in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. He he could you know get injured for two or three weeks, mm-hmm. and in that hunt they get knocked out, and Kyrie's kind of like I forget it. You mm-hmm. know, let's wait till KD's back. Like, mm-hmm. does he want to be the Lone Ranger mm-hmm. in the playoffs? Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, forgive me, but I feel like you're thinking the same same right now, Rick. Uh, yeah, but I don't see I don't see Orlando hanging on. To be honest with you, I look at what they've done to this point, and they are one and thirteen against teams five hundred or better. And whereas the case that I'm going to make in the Western Conference, I got a team that I have getting in that has also done very badly against winning teams, it's because they're compromised right now. And I don't want to jump ahead of myself. I just, I'm not, as, as much as I respect uh, Cliff and their coaching and guys like DJ Augustine, who I think is just a pro's pro, it, I, you look at, nobody ever talks about DJ Augustine. 5'10", 5'11", point guard, 32 years old. But you look at what he's able to do with Orlando. Same with Alfred Payton now that he's healthy. It's not, it's not a coincidence that Payton has been able to come back and play fourth quarters and that the Knicks are actually winning some games. They were running for a good part, even under Fisdale, without a point guard. And it, you don't... Just having a guy who can organize things and get the ball where it needs to be can have a huge influence on these mediocre teams. In spite of that with DJ uh, and in spite of their coaching staff, I'm just, I, I, just I, I give the nod to Detroit. And if Brooklyn falls out, I st- in, in spite of being 11 and 19, I still see the Chicago Bulls having the capability of sneaking in there. It's 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 going to take some growth from both their players and their coaches, 
But I just I look at their talent, and again at the East, and I like what they have. I like what I like what I see when I'm from from Wendell Carter, uh, from Zach Levine. What Chris Dunn has done and uh, has embraced this new role. Uh, but that 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 requires Brooklyn to fall out, and I'm not fully convinced that Brooklyn is going to fall out. My my pick is Orlando drops. And Detroit, and Detroit jumps in because of the size, because of the way Derrick Rose is playing, uh, because that's a veteran team that not only made it last year, but wants to hopefully, in their minds, do a little bit better than they did last year, which was to get promptly swept out with Blake Griffin sidelined. So I've got Orlando out. I've got Detroit in. You've got Detroit in and you have Brooklyn out. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I, I don't see Orlando dropping out. I because? just the the teams that you named ahead or you named you looked at just experience means so much. I don't think they're over the hump because uh, it wouldn't be in the situations that they're in now, which is out of the playoffs. Now, granted, it is it is the East, and these teams are going to slop their way through, so maybe strength of schedule will have a big play. Uh, but I I like Detroit uh, just because they. They kind of just find ways to get in, mm-hmm. and they just win these nasty games, man. They win the nastiest mm-hmm. games, Rick, I'm, I'm telling you. And I can see them hopping in as long as Blake Griffin's healthy. Yeah. Uh, I'm with you on that. All right, let's 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 flip over to uh, the West. Who do you have falling out? Let me scroll over to my Western Conference. Uh, falling out. Oh, and for those who may not be familiar, I was saying Cliff, Steve Clifford, the uh, magic coach is, is he's whatever they are. He's going to, he's going to get the most out of them. I just am not certain that they have enough. They squeaked in last year, you know, one injury in there. You know, I don't know that Markel Fultz has evolved the way, People hoped that was he was supposed to be the difference maker. I don't think that's happened. That's my. That's why I'm dubious on Orlando. Yeah, I mean, I like him defensively though. It's not it's not always pretty. Yeah. Um, but in terms of the West, you know, we could lose Sacramento and Oklahoma City, mm-hmm. and you can easily have healthy Portland squad makes a run and they get to a six seed because it's still very early. Mm-hmm. And Phoenix very much in the mix wouldn't surprise me, but they scare me for the same reason the Bulls scare me, inexperienced down the stretch. But how much is Ricky Rubio going to help with that? What's their strength of schedule look like? Yeah, going down. It, it uh, actually, I was motivated to uh, to bring this subject up because you put out. I think it was on Instagram asking the question, uh, are the Suns going to make the playoffs? You think that they are. Are you Are you, Are you? you planning a flag on that? Well, I, I believe Oklahoma City has a team to be there, but I think that they're just an injury away. They're, they're Gallinari missing time, Chris Paul having a hamstring, you know, who knows something with Steven Adams. Yeah. But they're, they're kind of just holding together. But I, I, I actually like that squad on paper not to be a contender to make noise but I, I like them i could see them 
uh, in the playoffs, and they're competitive. They're doing they're doing what I expected of them. But in the West, they they can't afford an injury. Like there's no backup. Like I don't trust Dennis Schroeder as my starter over you know a game or two. You know, and that's my concern with OKC. We know Portland's coming, and we know the Kings are out, and it could be two of them going home. Yeah, my pick is, without question, is Sacramento falling out um, and and Portland getting in. And as I said, they're my pick in spite of the fact that they have not been successful against winning teams to this point either. But I think there's an extenuating circumstance. Zach Collins is hurt. Yusuf Nurkic is hurt. They've been living and dying with uh, Hassan Whiteside and Labissier is there too as their two bigs and they're expected to get both Collins and Nurkic back at some point, I believe January, February. And I could see a run and as is, they're only a half game back of, of the Kings in spite of all that. So I'm with you. I'm with you there. The whole Oklahoma city thing. The question there is, are they are they going to stay with what they have? Are they going to change things up? And I'm not really sold on Stephen Adams and what he is now. I think he's, for whatever reason, has fallen off in effectiveness tremendously. And I don't know how much of it is the game. And now if you can't shoot from at least 16, 17 feet as a big, you're a liability or whether it's physically he's just he's fallen off enough that the game is difficult uh, is more difficult for him but he has become a better interview than he has than he is a player at this point and and, and that wasn't that wasn't always the case so uh the thing with the suns i, I got to get your take on this because i was at the i was at the suns clippers game last night Rubio struggled in some situations. He got picked by Paul George up top, missed missed an uncontested layup, basically. Uh, he didn't look great. Kelly Oubre, meanwhile, uh, punched one on Paul George, and it really kicked the Clippers sideways for the entire first half because both Kawhi and Paul George were trying to punk Kelly Oubre back, and they were trying so hard it screwed up their offense. And it finally, at the end of the first half, Paul George got him back, picked him up top, went down, punched it, then kind of gave him the pose, finally got it back, and then the second half, the Clips rolled, rolled away with it. Um, but I, I don't – like, Oubre, at first I'm thinking, what are you doing, man? Why are you, you're picking a fight with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard? Are you Son. Dude, what are you doing? And he was, and he was a little, he was a little wild, but he held his own. And I, and I, one, I always love a guy who kind of plays with an edge and is fearless. But I think you have to kind of know whose cage you're rattling. But that said, I kind of liked it. I, I thought he was crazy at first, and then I was like, eh, I don't know. Maybe I need to see more. What's your take? What's your take on Ubre? He, he fits uh, the new NBA. I remember when I was with him in Washington, kind of like looking at him 
you know, move and jump and shoot. And he wasn't playing at the time. Randy Whitman was the coach. And I went to Kelly and I said, I don't know if the guys were kind of down on him or they weren't really encouraging to him. But I was like, you're really good. Like, do you know that? Hmm. I'm like, you're tall, you're athletic, and you can shoot. Like, you have a good shot. Like, you're really good. Like, you're going to be a star. Like, you're you're going to play. Like, you're going to be good. So, what was his re- what was his response? How did how did he did, did he look at you? What did he say? Uh, he was like kind of thankful, almost like why is nobody else telling me this? You know, kind of like like really, bro? Like like no, hmm. like yeah, like you're good. And then when I left later on that season, he played. You know, he played a lot of minutes, and uh, I just think the team wasn't in position to pay him. They probably you know had to do some things. They end up you got him, Otto, John. Uh, bill you know so when he came up they were they were pretty strapped uh so he ended up you know he had to go out and get paid um so everything that he's doing doesn't doesn't surprise me uh he he just kelly was more of a project you know he's not a guy you can just throw in there but i mean he has all the tools and now you're seeing it because he's playing pound for pound with the Kawhis, the paul george's the lebrons and he's he's holding his own and, it, and it's funny you, you say that he, he's playing like with even more of kind of a mean streak. Like, I got to let you know I'm here. Uh, so I, I don't mind it. You know, you kind of got to do that till you get on a level. Mm. And then you start to, then you mellow out like, okay, now let me sustain it. Uh, if that makes sense. And, and, and it also was scary with Phoenix. Um, we got to bet on Rubio being healthy. He's, he's one of those guys, he's, all, he's, he's a something type of guy. There's always something. Yeah. It's all and it's the most random like Ricky Ricky hurt his finger. What? <laughs> the most random thing. Yeah, and it's and there's it's still it's so interesting. He is such a he's got such a high IQ. He's obviously worked on his game a lot. He's obviously worked on his uh he I mean, he works on his shot, but he can't hit that shot consistently even when open. He's He's not afraid to take it, which is important. You got to take it in rhythm. But I, he has not found a way to make that on a consistent basis. The way that say, Jay Kidd, who wasn't a shooter, who was a great passer, wasn't able, to, uh, eventually was able to hit it consistently, so that he was that threat. Uh, Rubio has not been able to do that, and for the way the game's played now, as a point guard. If you can't knock down the three, I don't care how good you are at everything else. The way the game is played, you can't uh, you can't get it done. Yeah, no, I agree that that's tough. Uh, Ricky's always found a way to surprise you. So, uh, I mean, there, there's really a wild card. You know, he'll have some games where he could take over a playoff series, and he could have some games where. <laughs> The third string point guard just comes in and schools Ricky. That that's kind of his his personality. It's funny. I remember uh, when he was younger when he first got over. We were playing, and boy, when I tell you Reggie Jackson was wearing Ricky Rubio out, boy, it was. This is before. This is when Reggie was like nobody really knew who he was at, at, at the time. He wasn't playing at all. It was like, nah, this guy's this guy's good. Like he's gonna be all right in the league. Like. He was wearing Ricky out, man. Um, and obviously, the, both those guys ended up doing doing really well for themselves. But it was it was fun to watch. But Ricky's 
He's just one of the – he's that guy that, like, you love to hate. Like, oh, no, nah, you got guys taking shots that normally don't shoot when Ricky Rubio's guarding them, you know. But right. Ricky is a guy who can rise to an occasion. All right. So, uh, with all that said, so to be clear, you've got Sacramento out? Yeah, yeah. We both had Sacramento out. And you have uh, – Portland the Thunder in, out, um, yeah, and you have the Thunder out and the Suns in, yeah. And I'm I'm I'm, I'm kind of banking that Rubio's healthy because if he goes down, they're gonna they're gonna plummet. Um, and you know, obviously, like you said, with the Thunder, it's just a, a like a weird situation. Like they're just taking those those lemons and making lemonade, right? Yeah. Like hey, yeah. We ain't moving. We ain't moving, Chris Paul, but. I guess we're playing them, and we're kind of in the playoffs. We'll take it. <laughs> he's you know actually – hey, dude, real quick. He's actually pretty big out in Oklahoma because I remember that year that uh, the Hornets played. Yeah, because of Hurricane uh, Katrina. Yeah. They moved they, up there. Uh, that was uh, – the, the, they were rocking up there. It was actually – he did so good up there that that's why the Thunder end up coming. That's why Seattle, you know, probably did a case study and said, "We'll move here." Well, no, nah, that was old. that was Clay lot. Bennett. That was Clay Bennett from Oklahoma City, who bought the Sonics with the idea that he was always going to move it there. He might have said otherwise, wow. but he sold he sold Seattle a bill of go- goods. I think well, everybody I knew. Those, I know those sellouts helped because it was like, "Whoa, this place is rocking." Like, well. It may, have convinced, it may have convinced Clay Bennett to go and get the Sonics and bring them to Oklahoma City, seeing the response to the, to the Hornets. Now, that may, that may have been the case, but it wasn't, it wasn't as if that was what convinced Clay to leave Seattle. He, he bought the Sonics with the idea that he was going to take them to Oklahoma City, for sure. So, um, yeah, I, it's it's and here's the thing with the Suns before we we, we you know jump off of this uh, topic is you said you know that they may be too young. That's the thing they've added, you know, adding a Dario Saric, adding an Aaron Baines, adding a Ricky Rubio. They're not they're not the young Suns that they were just a year ago. They I've been around that team. The culture has changed definitively. Even bringing Tyler Johnson in from Miami at the end of last year, like they've got legitimate pros and guys that know how to go about their business. And the combination of that with Monty Williams, I, I do believe it gives them a shot. I just, I don't know who, uh, I, I don't know if Oklahoma City. I don't if if they if they stand pat, I don't know if they fall off enough for Phoenix to jump in. The one the one other element, and because he's a clip, and you saw you saw them up close last year. I've kind of come off of Shea Gilgis Alexander. I was convinced. Oh, this guy's he's gonna be he's gonna be an all star. He's gonna he's going to be one of the next really good ones. Uh, I think he can be good, but I'm not convinced that he's an all-star 
or that he's on the way to being great. It takes him too long to load up the three. Uh, it looks like he's uncertain in a lot of situations. It, his, his... Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Game... I don't know how high the ceiling is. I think he's good. I don't know how much better he's going to get. Well, with Shay, one of the big things was you he's not as, as assertive as you would like. Um, he doesn't always realize the talent that he has. Um, but I do like that he'll go pound for pound with anybody. And He's got to understand in today's NBA, if you're a guy that can live in the paint, scoring and making plays, you got to be doing that 50 possessions a game, 40, 50 possessions to get a game. You got to be getting paint touches. Hmm. And he doesn't quite have that interesting, we would say as we're talking about Oklahoma City, that Westbrook mentality. You got to understand Westbrook will, Westbrook, if you give him paint, even if you, even if you're not full body help, he will take paint 10 out of 10 times the entire game. Mm. Shea Gilgis Alexander is going to feel his way into the game. Yeah. And for a guy that's that big, athletic, you know, nimble, you just expect that a whole lot more. And you've got to understand, he goes from starting and playing big minutes to now, you know, kind of like, you know, Chris Paul is going to make sure it's a Chris Paul show. Always. You know what I'm saying? Always. So, By the way, Chris Paul can't move anymore. Oh. Like he's doing this, he's doing this on just pure nastiness and competitive orneriness and competitive fire. Oh yeah, and, uh, 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 and the, that little pull up and the and shoulder fakes in the world. That's, hey, that's when you know you're hurt, man. When you you trying to go somewhere, you got exactly the head, the head nod, he just, and the shoulders. Dude, I'll never forget. I was playing in some kind of charity game in New York City. And playing against some high school kids. And I did like an in and out dribble and a little shake. And the kid goes, Oh no, that ain't gonna work here. (laughs) And he was and he was right. I had to the only way I could get something done is I was gonna have to walk my way down there. I was gonna have to just kind of kind of sashay my way into a position where I could get something done. But like to take somebody off the bounce, it was like, oh gosh, yeah, that was not, it was not there. That step was not there anymore. That's that's oh, what makes yeah. it. It just reminded me of watching Chris Paul because he's got that that hard in in and out dribble, hard in and out dribble, and he can't get the guy to move. And so then it's like, okay, let me body into him and see if I can throw something up or find somebody. Last thing on Alexander, you were saying get into the paint and make plays. And I and I do see a lot of times where he goes inside and then he'll pull up and start, sort of throw up floaters. But I also don't know that he has the floor vision. Like I don't think he sees things and is a is making plays for other guys. 
I think he's he's got kind of the tools to slash and get some things. But in terms of setting other guys up, I don't. I I haven't seen that. No, he can. He's special. He can. he can. You're saying he can. He's just. It's not a. It's not a self motivated. He's a guy you got to pull to the side and say, "Hey, I need you to do X, Y, and Z." Mm. He's one. Of, he's one of those. He, but he can. Like he can be. He's your starting point guard on the championship team. What? Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Wow. He can start a point now. Now, am I saying that he's like a piece of a big three? Potentially, he could be. Um. But like he can start on a championship team and you win a championship, you know. Like you know, certain guys okay, are wait, not wait, a winner. Wait, wait. Like so, I can win so but you're not saying he's leading the team. You're just saying nah, he yeah, can fill that role yeah, if you yeah, have yeah. the right he's pieces piece around him. Like let's say, like he he would be, you know, and and, he, and he's an intriguing piece because he could be a guy that flirts around and gets a max contract there. You know, they traded for him to commit to him. That's crazy. That's crazy. I would not do that. He he could definitely do that with his age and his length and his attributes. That would not surprise me. Oh. Or he could be a guy that kind of you know falls out of favor, signs mm. on, and it does really well on the team. He just makes he just makes the right plays. But he's like dude. He's like he's not Michael Carter Williams. If that's what I think you're looking towards. No 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 he's no not no that no man. no no no. I I don't think that. I don't think I, I'm not dropping him that far. Yeah, I just, I, you, it's, it's more win. that I had very high expectations for him and they've been tempered the more that I've seen him. If you went in looking at him and you were, you're waiting for this big show, nah, he just makes the right plays in the game. And with the Clippers team last year that had Lou and Pat and Gallo and, and Montreal, all these guys, sauce. He he did he did his job. He ran the system. That's what he's gonna. He, that's what he's gonna do. And then he'll you know he's not afraid to take. He, trust me, he's not afraid to take a big shot. Right. Okay. All right. Um, last subject I want to get to uh, before we say goodbye is there are a couple of guys, and this is the problem with parody, is that there's not a great motivation to make a blockbuster deal. I think it's also the issue with this particular season and that we're not anticipating that any big names are potentially on the move. Last year was Anthony Davis with New Orleans and is he going to go to the Lakers and that carried a uh, carried a lot of weight and obviously we had questions about, you know, what was going to happen with uh, Kyrie and KD over the summer. This free agent market is not as robust and we really don't have names out there that are game changers as I see it. Kevin Love, Drew Holiday. Uh, who am I forgetting? Kevin Love, Drew Holiday, and Andre Iguodala are the biggest names as I see of potentially going someplace else. John Wall and, and Bradley Bill. Well, we we we, they, we we we've been saying that for a long time though. I don't think it's happening. I'm not convinced that Washington is is going to let Beal go. Well, John Wall's John's injury screwed yes. everything up. Yes, that 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 like like that was the worst heel injury like ever. Like, but here's the question. Here's the question. If you're the Washington Wizards, can you realistically expect that you're going to get a talent? Of the level of Bradley Beal, 
in free agency. Like you clear you you clear up cap room, but you're hoping to draft a guy. And if you're drafting a guy, how long is it going to take before he becomes Bradley Beal? Well, they were in the mix, you know, for Durant. Um, mm, I wouldn't really. necessarily. Not really. Well, at least it was it was flirted out there. Yeah, that, it was, that was flirted hard. out there because he's from D.C. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, he considered it. It was probably like, nah, they're a mess. Like, nah, 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 we're not doing that. Well, and guys don't like to go home. You know that. Most guys don't like to go home. Yeah, there's too many people who want something. Yeah, and when Brooklyn materialized, it was kind of like, that was a no-brainer, uh, seeing that the way that the Knicks are. Um, but when it comes to Bradley Bill, everything that I heard from Washington is they either want an exorbitant amount of picks but in return, or they're just kind of demanding, like, you take John Wall, too. Right. And just teams are like, no. And obviously, <laughs> Oklahoma City jumped on it. And, 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 I, and I, think, I think I have so much respect for Sam Presti in Oklahoma City. Why? Loyalty meant something. They took care of Paul George because he stayed another year and allowed him to go to L.A. They sent Russell Westbrook to Houston for, as you mentioned, a beat-up Chris Paul with a bad contract. Mm -hmm. And they're going to be okay in the long run because they got picks, but I do really respect what they did. And I bring that situation up because you got to think Washington tried to jump all over that, and it, and it didn't work because Westbrook was just asking to be moved. But they said, hey, you know what, Westbrook? We're going to send you to a good situation, even when we got to see you four times a year. And that's the that's the cardinal sin that you don't do when you trade away your superstar. So this is the theory that I had floated to me actually earlier today by someone, by former former player in the league who I consider to be pretty prescient when it comes to understanding the business of the league. And he believes that there was a deal in place with both Westbrook and Paul George. That Oklahoma City said, Russ, re-sign here. You get the max, super max. And if it ever looks like you don't want to be here for whatever reason or we're going in another direction that you don't like, we'll move you and we'll move you to where you want to go. That was their deal with him in order to get him to re-up, to, to solidify him re-upping. And my guy, and I think it makes sense, gave Paul George the same deal. Re-up with us, stay here, take the money, and if you decide, you know what, I want to go to L.A. after all, we'll do that. But stay here. Do, like Take the money and stay with us. And if for whatever reason you decide, nah, this ain't it, we'll take care of you. Because here's the thing. I know that Kawhi was hanging on getting Paul George. But they had those two guys. They had Russ and they had uh, Paul George locked up on contracts. Oklahoma City, I don't know how long it's going to take them to ever replace two players of that caliber caliber in Oklahoma City. They're going to have to draft them. 
The only way I see you doing that is if you made a promise in order to get those guys to sign the extensions in the first place. Absolutely. 120%. Absolutely. And those guys had the goodwill to sign sign back. But I have faith in Oklahoma because look at the way they drafted. They're the anti-process. Um, um, mm. They yeah. have drafted well. <laughs> Philly, for instance, had drafted dud after dud after dud. The New York Knicks, dud after dud, and then they messed up with Porzingis or whatever went on there. Oklahoma City, Tabo Cephalosian, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, um, Serge Ibaka, player after player, they were going and acquiring the correct talent and guys that are still serviceable in the NBA today. So they got a load of picks, man, from the Clippers. They got some from Houston. I'm not sure how good those are going to be, but I have faith in them building. They're almost, to me, when I, when I talk about drafting and, and making it happen in a small market, I just love San Antonio and Oklahoma City, honestly, because they, they, they don't make a fuss about what, what they don't have, and they just get guys, and then even more importantly, Rick, they develop them. The fact that Oklahoma City has stayed relevant for as long as they have, I give them tremendous, tremendous credit They're in Oklahoma. Yes. Yeah, yes. Oklahoma, people, yeah. people can criticize they all uh, cr- criticize Sam Presti and Bill Simmons has forever done him an injustice by the way he portrayed the James Harden thing. I've said it before. I'll say it again. James Harden did not want to stay and be the third wheel. It wasn't a matter of money or whatever. They decided if James doesn't want to stay, we got to make a deal that allows us to have the resources going forward. Where no matter what we do, we can always say to KD and Russ, yeah, but we got these picks. We got the chance to be better. We got the flexibility to get to improve. And I think they made the best of a tough situation. So in order for Bill to make Daryl Morey look like a genius in getting James Harden, he's always portrayed that as Sam Presti and the Oklahoma City Thunder were idiots for ever letting him go in the first place. They offered him. They offered him a deal. They offered him a deal, and James basically said, I want to be a star. I want it to be my team. Now, you could say, well, they should have traded Russ, or they should have made some other deal. Okay. At that time, nobody was thinking that you're going to trade away Russ Westbrook to keep James Harden. You can look in hindsight and say, maybe they should have done that. I'm not even sure if that works. I don't know that KD and James is any better than Russ and KD at the end of the day. So... In any event, um, last thing. So we got Kevin Love, we got Drew Holiday, and we got Andre Iguodala. Do you see any of those guys moving the needle, changing the the playoff picture, being added to a team that suddenly jumps a team from being in the mix to being a favorite, changing the template in any way? Because The only thing that I see is possibly Andre Iguodala going to the Lakers. That would have an influence. But I don't see how they're going to get it done. Because I don't think they have the resources to be able to get him. So I I don't see Kevin Love impacting anybody. Drew Holiday. I don't know. He's got two years left on his deal. Maybe 
that's not. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't. I, I'm, I don't. Even there, I don't see Miami. Like potentially Miami being being a spot going for broke, and I think he he would add something there. But other than that, I don't see it. Well, when I look at Iguodala, I believe he could be the difference between the Lakers and the Clippers uh, winning a championship, either team. Mm-hmm. Uh, because both those teams could could use it like a championship role player. Now we got to see how healthy Iggy is. I, I don't know if he's a little banged up. I heard that it was just kind of a struggle for him to make it through the seasons. Um, I will I will vouch Kevin for Love that. Puts, Kevin Love puts uh, Portland into the playoffs securely. Uh, there's no questions there. Okay. Uh, and Drew Holiday just needs a good fit. I mean, Drew has the type of game where he could play wherever. He 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 just needs a good fit, and it's what somebody else is willing to give up. I don't know what you give up for Drew right now, and you have to be intimidated in the sense that Drew Holiday could go missing the season. He's always had real injury problems, so depends on what you're you're willing to give away. And the Pelicans, I take my hat off because they prided themselves in free agency of going, we're going to go get the high-risk guy because we're looking for a high reward. Hmm. We're going to pay Drew Holiday because he can ball out. And we know the injury risk there. But we're going to take that risk because we're the Pelicans. If you're Utah, do you flip Mike Conley for Drew Holiday? If you could? Oranges and oranges, apples and apples. I, I, I'm flipping for the same thing, so I wouldn't necessarily do that to mix up chemistry unless there was a it was a friend. Well, I believe he probably has a friendlier contract. Um, that would be more what it's about. But both really good guys, uh, both can get done to playoffs, and both injury prone. You know, Mike Mike is out right now, and Mike can easily miss a couple more weeks of the season. Right. You know, we ultimately don't know, but Drew the, the same way. What about the Clippers acquiring Drew Holiday? And I don't even know how they do it. They they'd have to give up a couple pieces. But would you do that? It would get a little redundant uh in the sense that Lou Williams is pretty ball dominant. Mm-hmm. Um and Drew can play off the ball, but as you've seen like Drew's the guy. Drew, you like this. We talked about Shea earlier. Shea and Drew are very similar, even though I think Drew clearly has more upside. Like, if you play Drew off the ball, he'll play off the ball and have, like, five points for the game. And you're like, damn, are, are you Drew Holiday? But you put the ball in his hands, and, you know, he, he's he's going to work. That's a fair point. So he's a guy where, in terms of coming to, like, a Clippers – I wouldn't do that because Lou Williams and, they, and he's actually remember that he played with Lou in Philly. Those two can get in each other's way. Hmm. I remember playing against in the playoffs, and we were so glad that Drew wasn't aggressive. We were so glad that he was not aggressive because I believe it was game two or three, and he kicked and he kicked our butts. He kicked our butts, Rick. Hmm. And not too many guys can beat you the way he does. Because he he just he 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 takes you to the basket with him, man, and you can't help. I'm shocked that the Pelicans have not been better. 
I, I don't know which has been the bigger disappointment. I tried to tell you. I tried to tell you. Yeah, you, you did. You did. You did. But I, I again, I look at their roster. You can't tell me. You can't tell me that that is a seven and twenty-two roster. You just can't. You're going to tell me that Even that roster Zion, is worse than the Memphis Grizzlies roster? I I looked at obviously we can count Zion, but I started to see how depleted they are. You know, without them, he, they really don't have much, Rick. Well, I'm no. be honest. Like JJ Reddick's there, but JJ is like a part of a good team, not the bad team. That no, I get that. I need JJ now, but, so they they really don't have pieces, man. Offensively, it's is not the issue. I just defensively, they're horrendous. They're abysmal. Oh, they're so uh, they're so bad. They're they are. soft. And and that to me, that to me, they is, don't have a five. They don't have a shot blocker. What Jackson Hayes? What are you? You kidding me? He don't really. He's too young, man. He is young. He is young. But I don't know. That they they've got some length. They've got athleticism. Lonzo Ball was supposed to be a good defender. He's been exposed. Brandon Ingram doesn't give me nearly enough. He he gets torched down there. No, they they've there's issues. I don't. I haven't heard that Al's Al Gentry's in trouble but and he and griff david griffin the gm are tight uh and he's supposedly tight with the ownership alice but well they got they got they got pieces man maybe they can get in the running for another one of these big pieces and you know they got like like a lot of guys like josh hart suffers because drew holiday's there they're 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 pretty you know similar in that that, you know josh is going to need the basketball but they they just missing a lot, man. They're just they're not that good. And Brandon Ingram, you kind of got to put the ball in his hands because the guy has a lot of upside. So it's like we well, we got to see what it is. But he's not he's not a winner yet. Well, yeah. To me, he's a guy who gets who gets buckets on a bad team right now. Like he's not good enough. He's good enough to get buckets. He's not good enough to get winning buckets. And that's what, and that's why I always told people I would I took Kuzma over him for this for the system. Yeah, but you gotta you gotta let him go in and and figure that stuff out because if he turns into a winner, he's got a lot more potential. He got a lot of darn potential. Yeah, right place, right time. Obviously, New Orleans is not it. All right, that does it for this episode of Buker and Hollins subsidiary of Buker and Friends, part of the United Wecast Network. Uh, please rate and review the show. Tell us what you think, good or bad. And if you want us to do something for you, screenshot that review and send it to at Buker Friends, and you will be eligible to win a prize. That's all you have to do. Just screenshot it, shoot it to us, and you will be eligible. You will be in the drawing. In the next podcast, I will be joined by Mr. Will Blackman and... We will anticipate what happens on Christmas Day with the start of the NBA season for most people, as well as the breakdown of would Jerry Jones really, really uh, give up some authority and control in order to get an Urban Meyer to do the Jimmy Johnson thing all over again? We'll uh, get Will's thoughts on that along with everything else. In the meantime, for Ryan and myself, as always... Thanks for listening.
when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.